When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast from Wales Online. Phil Smith and Nathan Blake here to talk all about that big win over Huddersfield on the weekend and of course look forward to the Aston Villa match on Saturday. Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. That was mm. a bit of a game for Cardiff, wasn't it? We've had a few boring ones at home uh, over this season, last season, and it seems for a long time. Yeah. A, re- a real uh, goal fest. What, what changed? Um, I just think they're, they're you know, when Warnock come in, obviously there was a massive uplift. Bristol City derby, and then um, two or three good results. Then you know one or two results that like Wigan, Newcastle. I suppose you could say was to be expected. Wigan bit of a surprise, so a little bit of inconsistency. And then um, Saturday, you know, personally I felt that all round was their best performance. Because, uh, you know, Bristol City, great performance. But like I said, Derby match, first game and all the euphoria around that. But I felt Saturday um, was a real strong performance. Played some real nice football at times. Yeah. And um, were able to count everything Huddersfield threw at them. And uh, were, you know, largely the better team, by far the better team for me. Um, mm. Just all around, just, just worked with a system... You know, sat deep at times, pressed high at times. Um, just a great performance. Yeah, one, one or two quite significant tactical changes. Phil, talk us through what Warnock changed and how it worked. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the main thing was that Huddersfield, you've played with a back four for most of the season, switched to a, a back five right at the last minute, gave a debut to a young German lad, um, who they got him from Dortmund. Um, Hal- Halal. Uh, no, it's Stankovic, I think. Oh, Heffele he, was either lad in Heffele, that's yeah. it, that's it, yeah. Uh, Stankovic came in. Um, yeah. And I think Warnock just had kind of a bit of a flash of inspiration at that point, he said to Junior. So I said, you know what, I'd go and go and pray on that a little bit and go and play in field and just go and get in behind the centre-halves um, and have that bit of freedom. And it, it worked spectacularly well, really, because Huddersfield, the three centre-backs, obviously the first time they'd played together. Um, and it was obvious that None of them knew who should be picking Hoyle up. Yeah, yeah. I, I always find um, that strange when you, you know, if you've played the system and worked on a system, you know, numerous times, and you've played it say three or four times this season. I understand, but you know, to come and play a brand new system and you know chuck a young lad in, I just thought that was a bit of a, bit of a disrespect. If I'm totally honest, I thought it was. Um, I think if they had their time again, I think they'd revert back to mm. their original, you know, thought process. Because um, I, I felt they tried to overload the midfield. You know, it, it, yes, it was five, but effectively it was a three, three centre halves. 
and the two the two fullbacks pushing right in into midfield to overload midfield and uh, it never worked. You know, Cardiff were too good on the counter attack, either sat deep when they needed to, like I said, and then at other times what they done was press them high, and found that Huddersfield at the back weren't good enough to play through them. So um, tactically, I thought spot on from from Cardiff. Mm, and Junior Hoyler really starting to look like a player. Quite hard to believe that he was without a club in the first place, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Performances like that, there are a lot of teams in that Premier League in the bottom half who could benefit from a player like that. Um, but I think um, I selling him already. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's true though. When you you put in, you know, you put in a season's worth. If a young player came in and performed like that over a season, there's a long way to go for Junior. Yeah. But you're talking about multi-million pound deals let's be honest yeah, money there, think, like. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen with Junior Hoyler no. all I'm saying is that it, was a, it wasn't a performance of someone who'd been bombed out of the club had struggled to impress for a long mm. time it looked like someone who was felt at home somewhere knew his role was full of confidence was fit but we um, said which it, is takes, amazing. it takes um, six games it, it mm. we always, I always say Dunn and John, it takes five or six games for you to get into number one your fitness to get to know the lads and the way you play, so you know, what is it? Were we six, five, six games into Warnock's yeah, six, I think, uh, yeah. revolution, and uh, yeah, you can see everything starting to settle down. And you, it was, it was, it was blatant on uh, on Saturday. Um, they know, they know what they're doing. They know each other better, and uh, you know, tactically, it was, it was a really good move. Really good move. You could you could tell they'd had two weeks together on mm. the training ground, working mm. really hard on set piece routines, the shape, the defensive mm. organisation. They looked by far the most instinctive. I think mm. it's probably the right word that they yeah. had done under Warnock. Yeah, you could really see that. Just a muscle memory exactly what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. So that you know that boards really well um, for the for the long term. I think. Mm, I mean, you mentioned set pieces. I mean, the, the, is there a team better at set pieces than Cardiff? Particularly when, obviously, when Peter Whittingham plays and he was back in the team. Well, I, I haven't seen a team defend them as badly as Huddersfield. <laughs> it was just, I mean, uh, at one point they decided, right, we're going to go really, really high, so they all came out and yeah. it didn't really work. So the next one, they all sat on top of their own goalkeeper and just left an absolute ocean of space at the edge of the box. It was absolutely dreadful. I mean, Sean Morrison's first goal. If well, he hadn't scored it, there was four Cardiff players queuing up yeah, behind him on that. Yeah, but if you remember, he had they had two set pieces before that. I think it was corner and free kick, and he got on the end of both of them and, and almost scored from the first one, put the second one wide, and no, put the second one back across, mm. and then the third one he scores, you know, and then the fourth one he won, and the fifth one he won, and the sixth one he won. It was like... Come on, boys! Even I'm like, I want Cardiff to win, but I'm like, this is a bit embarrassing. You <laughs> I mean, know? It was their, their their set piece defending really all it seemed to come up with in two weeks was that they stuck some lad to try and jump in the air and block Aaron Gunnison's long throws. Yeah, the guy was about yeah. five foot ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. you know, it was. Just, that was a lad was, from Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey yeah. Palmer, who, to yeah. be fair, was he was some player. He's some player, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, you know, not there to jump and try and get in the way of throwings. Yeah. But I know you're right. I mean, you can't. I mean, Cardiff just every set piece. You just think, here we go. We're in the yeah. money. Here. And it was Morrison. Um, that, was, that was the, the Bamber got on the end of one or two, but in, in the main, it was every set piece was Morrison. Mm. And I was like, but you, you've drafted in an extra centre half. It, it was crazy. I said to Phil in the piece, Morrison in their box was untouchable, and it was. I think it was largely uh, Stankovic who was marking him 
And then it was the total flip side the other way around. Morrison yeah, so couldn't win an head in our box from mm. their set pieces and they'll have gone the end of one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, let's talk about the other end then. We've got a few uh, questions which readers have sent in prior to the podcast. Uh, Paul, I haven't got his surname, Blakey, but he's from Le- Leamington Spa, <laughs> lovely part of the world. Oh, beautiful. Who says, uh, why can't we keep a clean sheet and who is to blame? Mm-hmm. Um... It's, I don't think there's anyone to blame because it's a collective. You know what I mean? Very diplomatic. It is. Even if the keeper comes out and drops a, a, a clanger or the centre-back gives a, a bad pass that gets intercepted, yes, it's an individual mistake, but as a team, you accept it as, you know, we score together, we lose goals together. Mm-hmm. So, um, But you have to say, you know, yeah, you could say the first goal against Huddersfield okay, you could probably stop that at one or two different points. But, you know, the second goal, the, the, the volley is an absolute worldy. The kid will, mm. the, you know, that's a showreel. It's a showreel goal. Isn't Absolutely. It? So I said, and this will be of no relevance or interest to any Cardiff City fans whatsoever listening, so I apologise in advance. That's the best goal I've seen live since Kevin Phillips against Chelsea for Sunderland. And that is the highest compliment I can pay the young man. Kevin Phillips was um, Honestly, but it was just one of those moments <laughs> yeah, where... It was a worldie. But Bamba blocks it, and then the header comes out, and yeah. you think, well done, that's the danger Yeah, you've got, you're you've managed, encouraging him. Yeah, you've managed that situation well. You know what, if he wants to have a go on yeah. his left foot yeah. from there, you know what, <laughs> go, then, on, go on then, yeah. son. And then just the next Look second, out in the stands. You know, it was just, and you have to say that Huddersfield really was a bit of a siege after that, mm. but up until that point... Cardiff had been really comfortable. They looked like they were going to score a four. Yeah, but what, what um, happened was Cardiff just said, okay, is like, what, 12, 15 minutes to go if, you t- if you're taking uh, injury time in. We've drilled, working defensively, balls into the box. So, yeah, we're comfortable. Bamba, you could see Bamba, he was, at one point, there was one or two starting to have a panic up. And you could see, I seen Sol Bamba, like, telling people in front of him, to the side of him, telling people up front, make sure... You close down, stop balls coming into the box. So, Bamba, Bamba was awesome. He I, was, I mean, the amount of times that Huddersfield built up a move, 10, 15 passes, and knocked it. it around, mm. and he'd just come out and nick it, welly it down the field, and mm. Huddersfield have to start again. Yeah, you know? yeah. There was one as well where they won a free kick in their own half. So Danny Ward races out, picks the ball, puts it down, and punts it upfield, and Bamba's teared about 15 yards up the pitch, and there is just no way that he was going to lose that header. Yeah. You know, he was just, um, he was just really at it. Yeah. Um, and we were also treated in the last 10 minutes to the shock comeback of Freddie Ganombe, mm. which I'm, I'm still, to this moment, shocked by, to be fair. I, was, mm. uh, I did not see that coming. Well, I um, think it might be as well. I think managers tend to try and highlight where their problems are sometimes, and it's no disrespect to Freddie. You know, you get the opportunity, you've got to take it, you've got to do something that makes the manager maybe say, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming. But... I think as well it highlights our lack of strength mm. up front. It, it has come out of the blue because you started talking him up, didn't you, last week, and seeing how brilliant he'd been in training. And obviously, he's given him this little bit of a chance. Could, could it be the other way? Could, could, could it be that Warnock actually, deep down, is concerned that he won't be getting anything particularly good in January up front? And so he's trying to build up Gunombi's confidence because he may be what he's absolutely what he's yeah, very much it could so. Be. Yeah. It could, yeah. be. Yeah. could be, it could be, it could be. But that's that's you know. That's the psychology of football, isn't it? Mm. It's a, way of, you know, a big question. Everyone's asked, where would we be if Warnock was here from the start of the season? But interesting, you know, where would Gnombi be? Because it was, obviously he missed the, that chance, didn't he, early on? And it was such a 
cloud and doom and gloom around yeah. the club, and you just wonder. Mm. Or is he just not very good? I well, I, I still, well, I, he's a decent player. Listen, don't get listen. I, 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 I when people like really get down on players, mm. you know, it's not his fault. He's ended up here at the end of the day, and he must have shown something in his mm. previous club. For okay, there's the connection that of the owner as well, but he must have shown something for the club to feel they could bring him to this level mm. now. You know, there is a slight worry that those who are making those decisions don't quite understand that this level is harder than what they actually think it is. And I think Freddie has been a victim of that, to be honest with you. I think he's come maybe thinking, yeah, come in, play a few games, get a few goals, become the man. And it just, you know, right from his first first start or first game, misses a, a sitter. And then his, his confidence just plummets. Because at that time, you've got to understand that there was a lot of things wrong at the club. So fans, absolutely no patience. Yeah. They're not saying, okay, give him time, give him, you know, let him play his way in. They were like, ah, you know, it's just another rubbish signing, and I'll oh, get rid of him. And then, so, you know, if you haven't, if one knows he hasn't, he isn't going to get the kind of money he needs or he feels he needs to bring in a striker. What other options do you have? I think I, th- <clears throat> I think really we talked a lot about that miss on the first day of the season because it was just one of those moments where the world just seems to stop and everyone just goes, ah. Oh, yeah, and there's a strike. We've, we've all yeah, had Yeah, but I think Warnock really hit the nail on the head last Friday when he spoke about Gunungbe and he said that too often, I watched the tapes from the start of the season and too often he was stood still. And that's the absolute nail on the head. That was mm-hmm. the issue. It wasn't that he missed a chance, really, because like you say, anyone can miss a chance. What really was the issue was that too often he was stood still and he wasn't giving the team any kind of outlet. Mm. If he improves that, if Warnock can build that side of his game up, then he There was a moment on Saturday, mind, where late on he went down the left, he broke, and was waiting for someone to join him. And I was, I was thinking to myself, look, there's no one anywhere near you. You're going to yeah. have to go alone. And he did buy a free kick very, very cheap. Yeah, I'm sure you can remember. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I know the yeah. exact incident. Yeah. And what I would say to him is, you know, Freddie, have more confidence in yourself. Mm. You know, go. You know, I, I guarantee you, if you had gone on and gone on, and whether you got tackled and out for a throw-in or you won mm. a corner, the fans would see that. Hey, he was willing to go up against three or four defenders there. Along, you know, let's let's get behind him. And it's little moments like that that can just change the psyche of the fan and, and really get behind you. Mm. OK, talking of that dark time earlier on in the season, let's have another uh, reader's question from Oliver Cassidy from Cardiff, who says, are you surprised to see how quickly Paul Trollope is getting back into the game? Obviously heavily linked. I don't think it's been done yet. Or has it been announced? Hasn't been announced has officially now, yeah. With uh, the Brighton job, assistant manager's job, of course he'll be back here in a couple of weeks when Brighton come on December the 3rd. Mates with Chris Hewton, though, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 history there with Chris Hewton. Yeah. Let's be fair. That's football, isn't it? Failures, successes, you know. Makes and makes. It's who you know. Mm. It's as simple as that. You know, people say, oh, Charles is a great coach. I'm like, well, what is a great coach? People feel a great coach is someone where you walk out onto the training ground and it looks like Gatwick or Heathrow. Terminal 5 wow, look at all those cones and all that and I always say it doesn't make a difference you know what makes a great coach or a great manager is who can get in the mind of Phil who can get in the mind of John and make him you know do what he wants him to do and 
the player's willing to run through brick walls for him because if you've got a player like that you've got a chance you know if a player looks at a coach and starts to question his ability not just from a coaching aspect but from a psychological aspect as well I don't think you've got any chance so it doesn't surprise me mm. you know I'm not saying Paul is a good or a bad coach why? because he never coached me so I don't know you know you hear you'll hear people at Cardiff prior to him being sacked saying oh he was a wonderful coach as soon as he leaves yeah this was wrong that was wrong this was wrong that was wrong so for me you know it's no surprises mm. but good luck to him I suppose I yeah. think he will absolutely I, I think after a bit of time there sort of the wounds from Cardiff the Hill very quickly nice job on the south coast went with a good man Dewey trusts very probably be in the Premier League this time next year um, I mean it's a great great gig for him really absolutely fantastic I mean just about as good as he could possibly have wished for mm. I think mm. now, if he was, if he wanted to stay with a manager I think it's obvious he would have had to drop a lot of levels to get back so, in yeah. um, because that's the other thing about I just football, don't think you, know, listen, you don't get many chances like, like I've said before I think sometimes people have to you know I'm not saying you don't follow your dreams and you don't go for it of course you do but as a character like I've said before on record you know Paul isn't someone that I would follow in the battle. Mm. Paul is someone who would follow me in the battle. Whether he likes that or doesn't like that, no real concern of mine. But I played with him, so I know the man, I know the character. And, um, you know, it's not a question about his character. It's just some people are leaders, some people are followers. That's just the way it is. And uh, it's difficult, I think, when you've got the character of Paul to lead, you know, 20, 22, 25 men and get them to believe in, in, in what you're trying to achieve. I mm. think that's very difficult. So it was no surprise to me that it didn't work out. Mm. I think the game was given away, I've said before, when Paul said, you know, we're going to play the Wales way. That, that was just a complete, what are you talking about for me? Because we haven't got the same players as Wales. You mm. play to what you've got. You know, you find a system that works for your for players. You've got, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's have, let's have another one while we're on a on a roll here. Then Paul from Ebu Vale, who says, uh, really happy with uh, Neil Warnock, obviously, but do you think we need a younger coach around him who can step in when he retires? Do you well, think Kevin Blackwell, think- I, I can see, this is my prediction, I think Warnock will stay this and next season. Yeah. And then I think, all being well, I think Kevin Blackwell will take over. Really? Yeah, I think I think I, I think he he has probably got the experience. He's been a manager and he's been managed some big clubs, some very big clubs. So I wouldn't worry too much. I'm not worried about what happens after Neil Warnock. I'd be worried if Neil Warnock left and went and got another job because then his team usually go with him. Mm-hmm. But if he finishes at Cardiff, and I I can see the way he's talking. Well, you know, I've spoken to him, and the way he's talking, it doesn't seem like this is this is a you know end of season project. Right, I'm off. I think the master plan is definitely to get things sorted this year. And in an ideal world, I would go next year. Go, yeah. Ideal world, Warnock takes them up and then says, "Right, I've done my job," and mm. steps back a little mm. bit. After that, I mean, he wouldn't step back if they got to the Premier League. I think. I honestly think. I, I think, think he would. I yeah. think. I think he feels that he's he got nothing left to prove. Yeah. And I, I don't think he wants to go back to the Premier League, maybe struggle, 
and have to go through the oh, you know, Warnock's not cut out for Premier League management. <laughs> I think he's comfortable with what he's done and achieved, achieved in the game. Yeah. He wants that crown and glory. I think he would step back. Mm. Definitely. Um, the the issue with succession planning is that it very, 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 very rarely works. Hardly ever, you know? <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? I mean how many managers have been promoted from within mm. and have actually succeeded? Hence why you, you know? work to your philosophy of your club. You have your philosophy set in stone from like 14, some people go lower, but I would say mm. 13, 14 upwards right throughout your club so everyone understands. And then you pick managers that fit into that philosophy because what it does is it stops you saying, right, there's 10 different managers with 10 different ways of playing. Um, we'll just have a, you would say, well, we play this way. And out of those 10, there's only four that tend to play in a similar vein so it whittles us down so there's less room for mistakes I suppose mm. or for things to go in a direction where everyone's then scratching their heads a bit mm. Okay, let's talk uh, Let's talk departures, potential departures then I know we touched on these uh, before but story we've done this morning uh, Phil about Bruno Manga likely to have played his last game for Cardiff Cardiff very keen to offload him in January, realistically what chance have Cardiff got of selling Bruno Manga in January? Um, I, I don't think they've got a huge chance just because he's going to be away free. for a month. Um, and he'll be free at the end of the year. He's got a the, year left. No, he's free at the end he's of the free. year. So very What's, little What sort chance. of fee would, would, would be? Is it literally a couple of hundred thousand? Well, it's going to have be, to be, isn't it? It's going to have to be. What, now? Unless you're daft, you wouldn't. You know, you'd have to be very, very desperate. Yeah? But you just he can sign a pre-contract in January. He's going to be away for a month. African nations. You're talking about realistically March. Two months left. You know you'd have to be either trying to stay up or trying to gain promotion, and know that right he's the man. Of that that is the outside chance because there are clubs and we've seen it in the past. I was remembering this morning when Kenwin went to Bournemouth, absolutely, yeah. and it might be that a club thinks right. I think we can go up. And if we go up, we're going to get 90 million. Mm. I think this guy is going to help us for three months to mm-hmm. do that. In that context, you know, what the hell's 200 grand? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing. It's so that's, that's mm-hmm. the best. The other th- way that I could see potentially happening is if someone's been tracking Bruno for a while, he really rates him and knows his contract really, situation. Yeah, really wants him. Get, get him now they might see the... January as we can jump ahead of the competition and get that wrapped up. Mm. Um, but you know, Cardiff's hand, as we've discussed on here a lot of times, Cardiff have got a really weak hand when it comes to Bruno Langer. Mm. They're only, you know, the only thing that is working for them is that everybody knows is that Bruno is can be a brilliant defender. Mm. Um, but the big, the big thing with Bruno, the impression I get is not with getting a transfer fee; it's what they could do with his wages. Mm. Yeah, is he still the highest the, paid player at the club? Pretty that's much. Really? My my understanding is the highest player paid player at the club and that, that that you just cannot afford to have that Not situation anything, you yeah. can't have that yeah. money sat doing a thing you know we, it's it's got to be working for you and it should be if he's the highest paid player mm-hmm. you know that tends to be you know your captain or one of your leaders and then you know they tend to have the highest wages and whoever comes in sometimes they often go up to another level if a top striker comes in or anything like that yeah. you can't have him sat like it's be fair he's on the bench but you don't see even don't see him using him if you had a problem tomorrow I think Connolly would be in before Manga so 
he's probably a centre-half. And probably, probably Peltier is centre-half before. Mm. If if Jazz Richards was fit and could Four, come in a player right Possibly five there. Yeah, so I would. I think at the moment Bruno is probably fifth choice centre back. Mm. Yeah, which is just it's completely unsustainable, isn't it? Well, um, you just it, it's it's again, you know, it's uh, pre-war, not the situation that the club continues to absolutely yeah. continues to get himself into. Yeah. What about uh, the other one this week? We Warnock's talked about Emmy Hughes. He, uh, how long a, a was it? Potential loan move in January. Just can't. He was quite complimentary about him, I suppose, wasn't he? He hasn't completely bombed you, but he just doesn't quite fit into. Doesn't get into his team and doesn't really fit even on the bench with the type of players Warner. I was. Can I just? I was just thinking about this last night, right? Because I read that last night, and I would say to Amir, you know, yeah, if if you can, if if you want to go out on loan, go out on loan, but. As it stands at the moment, the midfield, yes, they're playing well. But John, circumstances in football, mm. everyone's going, oh, well, he's not going to get switch, an opportunity. He yeah. switched so quick, right? So imagine now, Saturday, play at Villa. Uh, Riles gets injured. Whitnam gets knocked out. Two players out in two minutes. Mm. Strange things happen like that. Right. Emir Hughes there's your opportunity you go in and you play out of your skin because that's what you have to do as a youngster yeah. yeah whether you're in or out when you get the opportunity whether that's here or another club you have to show you're the man basically yeah you, you have to you have to make a point of showing the world or showing this country that you know you're a top player mm. it's no good relying on what you've done in the past or what you've done for Wales or anything like that you have to go and you have to grab the ball by the horn. So I would say to Amir, yes, it's looking unlikely you're going to start here, but don't think that it's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah? And, you know, your circumstances could change tomorrow. It could be today. Someone could go down in training and he has to get drafted in onto the bench or into the team. So, you know, but when the opportunity arises, bang I don't want to hear how good a player you were or what you've done before. I want to see it, mate. Week in, week out. Hmm. Agree with that, Phil? Well, yeah. I mean, the, pro- the, the problem with Emir is that I think he, like Bruno Manga, is probably behind a queue of players. I think probably Immers and O'Keefe are probably ahead of him in terms of going into that midfield. Hmm. So, but he's right. I mean, I think it would take, particularly between now and January, it would particularly take a pretty dramatic turn of events when we get in the team. But what might happen in January is, is that someone might come in for Lex Immers mm-hmm. or someone might come in for Stuart O'Keefe and yeah. then suddenly MA goes up one in the yeah, queue. absolutely. If he's been training well, mm. if he's bulked up a bit, if he's impressing, mm-hmm. someone else could come in. Someone could come in with £8 million for Aaron Gunnison mm. and Cardiff go, well, we can't afford to turn that kind of money down. Mm. So, he, you know, I, I think it's absolutely right. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in January because if there is a lot of movement, then it is going to totally transform where players are and I mean could find himself bumped one or two up in the queue you know mm. by that point by which case you might be thinking I'm not going out on loan you know I'm ready to go so. and I think he's um, I think there's a lot more to him than what people and himself to a degree give credit for I think he can do a lot more he's kind of seen as uh, a midfielder you know people say oh a holding midfielder or you know I, I just think he can do a bit of everything I think he needs to display that if he gets the opportunity. I really do. Mm. I really think um, you know he can add goals to his game. That's a definite. Uh, 
it's got a lovely strike, ping a ball lovely. And also, to me, I, I'd be, you know, in his ear, bullying him up big time, you know. And when that opportunity arises, then make sure you take it because no one else is going to. He's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Change the manager's mind. Mm, indeed. Before we uh, we focus on uh, Villa, let's just have another question. Uh, it's from uh, Ivan Emya, I believe, probably it's pronounced, uh, from Cardiff. Uh, is Ricky Lambert really good enough to start for us? He asks. Yes. Yes. I if, thought I thought he was really good on Saturday. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, he, f- he faded quite dramatically. I think in the second half, you have to accept. But I I think the way he works centre backs is maybe being a little bit underrated since he came in. And um, the way he buys free kicks, the way he uses his body, his little um, layoffs, his little touches. He, he's a he's a clever, very very clever player, very experienced player. So yes, I think he is. I think what the problem is, as we've highlighted so many times, is there's no, or there's very little. He's the pace only one in the who's team. good enough to start. Yeah, there's then. very little pace in the team. Yeah. So you know, if there's a ball over the top and you see Ricky running for it, you know, you get one or two sniggers in the crowd because they can see what a lack of pace he's got. But that's not his game. Mm. You know what I mean, so I'm asking, you know. Junior Hoyler to play with your back to goal mm. constantly, bring people into play, you know, get on a back stick, you know, tower over defenders yeah. uh, at the far post. He's not going to do it. No. So, you know, and he's getting a bit sharper as well. I mean, there was one ball that got played in the channel on Saturday, and I saw it was Lambert, and you kind of mm. just go, oh, well, that's going to. That's that. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he, he surprised me. He got to he it. Got there. I know stood, the one you're on about. Yeah, he yeah. stood it up with a back post, mm. and it was good. Yeah. Um, and also that finish was just showed you what a good centre forward you've got there. Yeah. Pulled off the centre half, anticipated the knockdown. Yeah. Knew what he was going to do with it before it landed. Before it landed, yeah. Wrong, wrong foot, first touch, boom. You know, in off post, absolutely superb finish. Yeah. Like he's, a, he could be a great asset for them. It just it will take a bit of patience, and a world would need a lot of work on the shape in terms of ensuring that the play, the right players get around him. So what you've um, got now, John, you've got Lambert, where you know what you're getting. Very good. He's that wall. You're not going to lose much off him, you know, which allows you then to put midfielders in who can run beyond him. Yeah, striker that can play either over the top behind him or into his feet. Yeah, and then you've got the trio at the back. In Gunnison and the two centre halves, two full backs playing well. So you've got that sorted. Whittenham, Rowles, each side of Gunnison, that kind of looks solid and sorted. Like I say, I think we're probably one, maybe two players short of having some, you know, having a real good go. And those players, I would say, have to have pace. So yeah. I would love to see Hoyle back on the wing. I would love to see another quick winger, you know, if they could get someone like that. I was optimistic, but he's not going to drop down, I doubt, but like someone like a Julian Gray or someone like that, someone who gives you that real excitement, that real pace, and then a striker, another striker, three players with pace. And yeah, I think we could really uh, mm. have a real go at. Uh, Okay, well, lead us, lead us on to Craig's question then before we go to Villa. We'll have one more uh, from Craig from Cardiff who says, uh, where can Cardiff realistically finish this season? I'd be happy with about 15th, he says. Hmm. Set your sights higher, surely. 
still, still, well, I still, always still say, you know, you take it is very congested, but you know, you have to not take. Not great to have Villa and Brighton as your next no, sort of couple of games, no. I suppose. When it is, but no, but, but at the end of the day, you got to play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't go into any game thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> you, you do. You just go in thinking, you know, on our day, you know, we come away with a three 0 win at Villa. You know, that's the way it is. You mm-hmm. go, you could have gone to St James's and come. And when five uh, one, you know, the freaky results happen. So uh, there's 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 no threat in, in in going to Villa and going to Brighton. They're playing well, granted. But um, for me, I think Cardiff. Can it's fair to say though, if this if this sort of slightly outlandish surge for the playoff stream, you know, has any chance of becoming a reality, they need to be well up that table post. Christmas now, don't they? After this, this run. Well, I would say, John, once at Cardiff, uh, yes, it was in the, the third division when we were in the third division, but we were, I think we were somewhat 12th in January. Mm. And uh, we got rid of Paul Ramsey. <laughs> now, Paul Ramsey got injured. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little joke there. Paul Ramsey got injured, who was the captain. Uh, Windy Miller and Nicky Richardson played in midfield and we went from 12 to win the league mm. so it can be done you know it can be done but right now I say Cardiff just focus on trying to get that top half of the table that that, that would be my first focus each game is, take each game as it comes and try and get into the top half of the table and look worry you can apply pressure on other teams around about end of February going into March because that's when people start looking over their shoulders, mm. where the playoffs are, how many points outside, or oh, we're in, we're hanging in by one point, can we stay in? Then psychology starts to play a mm. part. I, th- I think at this point in the season, especially in the championship when it is so congested, there's don't look at where you are in the table necessarily. Look at what the points gap is. That's the most important thing. Mm. And Cardiff is still, I don't see Cardiff getting anywhere near the playoffs this season, I've got to be honest, but then at the moment they're nine points off, yeah. which is a lot less than the 15 places gap if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, um, makes perfect sense. So I think that's the important thing is get a January. It's not about are we 20th, are we 7th? You know, it's about what's the actual points gap to that mm-hmm. top. And if you, if you can keep it in single fingers, anything can happen. You would have to go on a ridiculous yeah. 16, 17 game unbeaten run. Because yeah. um, nine points is massive. Yeah. It doesn't sound a lot yeah, of teams, but, but you know, yeah. what you're saying is a lot of teams above you I've got to lose three. Yeah. They can't all win three. They can't all lose You know, you pick them off one by one, sort of thing. You might get a, a week where you win a game and jump three places or something like that. You know, and you'd be ahead of the team below you on goal difference. Mm. But then you draw, they win on the Tuesday night, and you're two points behind. Mm. We've seen that happen towards the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about Villa then. I mean, a similar sort of story to Cardiff. Poor start to the season. New manager with uh, his history of getting uh, teams promoted. How good are Villa? Uh, well, I, I, I watched them at Brighton last Friday. Um, to be honest, I was kind of expecting Brighton to be the better team there, and the second half, Villa were just absolutely all over them. I mean, they really, really should have won the game, um, which caught my eye a little bit because I, I hadn't seen them since Bruce took over. That was the first time, and they were absolutely excellent. They looked like goals were going to come from everywhere that's away at Brighton which is probably one of the toughest games you can have in the division at the moment so they've clearly had a big uplift um, since Bruce took over but what we saw with Cardiff is that you had that big uplift but then when you came back to a less glamorous fixture where the crowd dipped a little bit 
and it was tough for Cardiff to lift themselves again. So you would hope that Villa might, okay, that was a brilliant result. Friday night TV game at Brighton, great point. You, maybe you just hope that Saturday, three o'clock, Cardiff, quiet crowd, they might struggle to lift themselves to that level. Um, so we just wait and see. But um, I think Cardiff have got a decent chance of getting something out of the game. They don't look like they're going to get blown away anymore like they did earlier in the season. Mm. Um, but Villa were very, very good last Friday night. If they play like that, it'll be tough for Cardiff. Very tough. Mm. No two games are ever the same, mate. No, indeed. Simple as that. Indeed. Let's have your predictions then. What, 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 what are you. Uh... Go on, Phil, go first. Uh, oh, I am one from you as well, John. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be pessimistic and go for one nil Villa and hope that I'm proved wrong. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get splinters. I'm gonna go uh, a draw. I'll go one one because I think um, I think both teams are in a very similar place. I said that to Phil earlier. I think they're in a managers count for so much so I'm going to go for one all draw mm. ok I'll go 2-1 Cardiff just because <laughs> all bases slightly more popular maybe I don't know that's what Phil's trying to do not well indeed yeah, yeah, indeed. ok chaps we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there enjoy that this week uh, good to have lots of questions Blakey as well full names uh, yeah. addresses everything yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah I love it I love yeah, it yeah, yeah well keep those questions coming in for next week's uh, show and uh, of course get your feedback coming as well on the new podcast and we will see you next time